0: takes over, Smith comes out to the neutral zone, deals right, so fires, he
1: scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com.
0: Smith to So 4-2 Golden Knights.
1: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
0: Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace Millard, Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios,
1: Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... You know what I'm I'm learning about Las Vegas is you don't know who's going to show up at these games. Like Anybody could just pop in. And uh, we had Usher doing the siren last night. Uh, Chris Angel uh, did the siren going into the, the third period. You knew some magic was going to happen there. Dad joke. Uh, Tim Raines was in the crowd last night. The Hall of Famer, Montreal Expo, uh, wearing his, uh, his Expo hat. He was in the crowd last night. I, did you even know that he was there? Like Hall of Famer just shows up like boom, boom, boom. Uh, I, I love it. It's, it's so wild. Almost, uh, almost Lakers-ish. Uh, in 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 the prime when when you had all the stars out or the Gretzky air, you would remember that uh, Ryan. Uh, when I, when all I the would. celebrities showed up, but but the thing about uh, about Vegas is they like Sean White last night was just there, mm-hmm. and and he showed up yeah. on the on the jumbotron. I don't think he told anybody or informed anybody. I think he just bought his tickets and showed up and was sitting in the seats, and, and somebody spotted him.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's always kind of an experience, and and I'll be honest, like I I had a moment last night where, um, you know, I, I was kind of watching the the crowd and, and engaged with with that uh, just after intermission, right? Like when you're you've got DJ Joe Green doing his thing, it's really leaning into the nightclub feel, and then I felt air behind me. And then I look behind, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Chris Angel. He just mm-hmm. ran right behind me, right? And then I was like, oh, my gosh, what's he going to do? How is he going to make the siren go with magic? And I just, like, every corner, there's something new to get excited about when you have hockey this deep into the playoffs in Vegas.
1: So I was up in the press box when uh, when Chris came down, and I was like the uh, proverbial fly on the wall uh, because <laughs> I, I walked down the hallway, uh alongside him or uh, in front and then behind him uh, and he doesn't know who I am and and I'm just I'm just there and and watching yeah. him do his thing and he he flops up the hair uh, gives his uh, wife a kiss and and goes into it. and he is in dude he's in game mode. When he's going to do that <laughs> siren, like there is a strut, it's all business, and he is he is pumped up. There's no like, okay, I'm gonna go do this and uh, and get back to the game. Like he was jacked to do the siren uh, for the start of that third period, and and um, at the risk of being fanboy, I haven't seen one of Chris's yep. shows, but I I can't wait to uh, like I was I was sitting there going, this is damn cool
0: yeah I mean he's he's got an a presence about him for sure and and I think that you can kind of see that I, I you you just he's got energy right like he he certainly brought the energy with the siren he brought the energy on the way uh, to to the castle like you can see why Chris angel has has made his mark in, yeah. in this city
1: because he's just kind of Vegas right? And then, and then he walks back and couldn't get back to his seat fast enough because he didn't want to miss uh, any of the action. And yeah, you and I were what uh, uh, fifteen feet apart from each other, and there just there was that, and it wasn't there wasn't any like uh, props or anything uh, when he when he came out of, uh, of of the hallway, but there was that little puff of air, and it's like. Phew. And you turn around. Well, <laughs> Chris Angel, um, and that was, and that led to uh, a, a really thrilling finish, uh, except for the fact that it came up one goal short. As the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens uh, have arrived in Montreal after a four-hour and 42-minute flight and they have uh, split the first two games in Vegas, and now it is a best-of-five as we whittle things down in the Stanley Cup semifinal. Uh, we'll chat with PJ Stock, uh, former National Hockey Leaguer uh, and uh, analyst uh, on the Montreal side, get his opinion on what's going on uh, with the Canadiens whether we're seeing one of those uh, uh, remarkable Cinderella runs like 1986, 1993 uh, very different championships uh, than than the uh, late 70s where they were just the dominant best team in the National Hockey League. Or is this still a series that is firmly in grasp and control of the Vegas Golden Knights minus their first period? Uh, where are you in, in that scope right now?
0: So, I mean, like, I, I look at this as if you're in the Final Four... You're playing good hockey, right? Like, you you had to do something right. You had to get things to break your way in order to be in the Final Four. And and I don't ever want to be in a situation where I discount what the opposition's going to bring to the table. And, you know, I look at this series in, in no different way than I looked at Colorado and I looked at Minnesota. I think it's going to be a difficult series to win because as you go deeper, it gets to be more and more of a grind. I don't think that that the Vegas Golden Knights are are like, they don't look any different to me after game number two. I think Montreal was able to find a way to win. They were able to find a way to get the split. And now the onus is on Vegas to go into Montreal and get a splitter better. And we've seen the Golden Knights win on the road in the playoffs before. I don't think that this is anything that should, that should scare them. If anything, I think the Golden Knights are going to be up, up, up for the challenge and every single playoff series you have you want it to make you better the Golden Knights need to get better in terms of their starts and if they can shore that up I really like them in this series
1: we have an update on Chandler Stevenson we'll share that with you in a couple of seconds I uh, also want to mention that tomorrow's game three is a five o'clock start so the VGK insider show will be preempted uh, four o'clock is the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, pregame show with Ryan Wallace you'll be on location right
0: Yeah, I'll be out at Sam's Town inside the sports book. It's going to be a blast. And if you are not doing anything and you're on that side of town, come join me so that we can watch the game together and I can, you know, see everybody and and meet everybody. It'd be great. So come Uh, out.
1: I'm going to push for the next 30 hours. uh, Well, actually, you know what? That's not going to work now. It's going to have to be for the next 22 hours, uh, as as I do the math here, (laughs) that... Pete DeBoer makes an alteration to his game day routine, and he does not offer up his regular pregame speech. Just just to shake things up, the the first uh, periods have been uh, a a little lacking in games one and two. So I want Pete DeBoer to take a step back and offer the stage to Rita. Now, Rita phoned us last night during the post-game show, and uh, and Chris (laughs) Chapman has this teed up. Here's Rita, and this is what I want Pete DeBoer, just to step back and go, boys, here's Rita. She has some instructions for you.
2: Well, hell, not very damn good. But if the Knights are half as pissed as I am, we're going to go to Montreal, kick ass, come back and wrap it up, and party right here at home.
0: So, Rita, like, in terms of tonight's game, I know it's a bit frustrating, but the way that they played in the second and third period, it's got to give you confidence going into game three.
2: Oh, yeah. They just screwed up the first one, and they know it. And whenever they've done that really bad, they do come back the next game. We just need them to come back three games in a row and do it.
1: Mic drop. There you go. Rita. Pete DeBoer (laughs) plays Rita. Uh, before game three tomorrow night at the Molson Center, Rita, that was absolutely beautiful. I like that. That was delivered uh, as about as well as as Al Pacino delivered on any given Sunday.
0: I mean, Rita's been one of the best callers we've had all season long. We've got great regulars, Mike and Stephanie. They always bring the heat. Papa Lou, he does a fantastic job, but Rita is always kind of on that line right and and she speaks her mind and i think that she's spot on if the golden knights are are half as angry and frustrated or or upset with how they played in the first period as rita is they're just going to go to montreal and they're going to take care of business
1: what are you seeing in the first periods that is different from the second and thirds in in games one and two
0: for me, it's just kind of a crispness to their game. For the Golden Knights, like we we are seeing passes just kind of not connecting. Or if they do connect, it's it's either a half-step slow or just not with the same type of urgency that we see out of the Golden Knights in the second and third period. And I'm not really sure why that is. Uh, you do have to give credit to the other team uh, on the ice. And, and the Montreal Canadiens came out two Games in a row in the first period with a lot of energy and a lot of aggressive
1: forechecking pressure on the Golden Knights, and it forced them into some mistakes. It's rare that the other team will do that in consecutive games, but I, in in watching this, will go the other way. That I don't think it's as much as what Montreal is doing, as just Vegas not being sharp right off the bat and taking a while to find their game, and uh, that. That gives me optimism from a Vegas Golden Knight front that it's correctable when it's your own issue instead of trying to adapt to the other team. Is is that a fair analysis?
0: I, I mean I think it's fair. I, I still wanna give a little bit of the credit to the Montreal Canadians because I, I do think that they are forcing Vegas into some mistakes. But, you know, for me, in terms of it being correctable, the, the only issue that I'll take with that is slow starts have been kind of an issue for Vegas all playoffs long. Now in Minnesota against Minnesota, they were able to kind of figure it out around game three, well, game four, game five, and then against Colorado, they were able to do, they were able to figure it out in game three and four. Um, I, I mean, they got to try to get back to, to that formula where they've got a strong first period and they're able to kind of not have to ease themselves into the game. But, um, slow starts have been kind of an issue for this team over the course of these playoffs.
1: The idea that you won't have uh, as many fans in the building tomorrow night as there was in uh, game one and two, Uh, it'll be the smallest crowd that Vegas has played in front of in a couple of months. And even though there's still a a hope that they can get up to sixty five or seventy five hundred people at uh, at the stadium in, in Montreal. Uh, the the idea, sort of number that uh, that's swirling around is around thirty six hundred people. Uh, I talked to a, a coach today, and uh, and he listens to the show actually quite regularly, uh, and we were going back and forth about this, and I, I was worried. I sted, stated that I, if if they have trouble getting going at T Mobile in games one and two, it gives me cause for concern in front of a sparse crowd in, in the biggest hockey arena in the world uh, at, the, uh, at the Bell Center. And I was, that statement was countered with, well, maybe that knowing that there's only going to be 3,600 people in the building, they will uh, realize that and, and make sure that they are ready to play make sure that the intensity is uh, at that level make sure that uh, that they hold their teammates accountable and everybody's fired up and everybody's ready to go and everybody's focused on delivering and i thought that was a pretty cool angle uh, and uh, uh, really accurate uh, concept in why vegas could be even uh, could be better in the first period of montreal than at home in vegas
0: yeah, I think that's a fair point for sure. I mean, if the Golden Knights understand that it's going to feel very different in games three and four up in Montreal just from a fan standpoint, and, and I think that kind of amplifies everything that happens in a game. You're not relying on or, or, or feeling the energy from the crowd. So I I fall in line with the same type of thinking, that the Golden Knights have to go into this understanding that it's going to be different and you don't want to start slow in this game and and for you know for a lot of different reasons but the, the the main one is you just can't keep starting slow because if you give montreal a lead they're incredibly comfortable in that situation and it becomes more difficult for the golden knights to find their offensive game
1: yeah you're big on the, the first hole in this series I am. Yeah. You, you've, you've, you've circled that uh, where it wasn't uh, a determining factor against the Minnesota Wild and uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. You you kind of felt and, and we saw where both teams were able to adapt and, and recover and uh, and move with it. Uh, you uh, Why do you think you're putting more stock in the first goal against Montreal? So for me, it's a couple of things like as opposed to Colorado, like we talked about
0: with Colorado, there's always going to be situations where the avalanche are going to look to make plays. And when you look to make plays, it kind of opens you up to mistakes. And when you make mistakes, the Golden Knights can can kind of feast on that with the Montreal Canadiens. When they get a lead, they don't really make many mistakes. They make you come through five guys and carry price. And you've got to you've got to work really hard for a great opportunity and in the games where montreal has has scored first or they've had a lead and i look specifically to uh, the games five and six against toronto toronto was able to claw back get that game tied eventually to lose in overtime because you expend so much energy montreal is so opportunistic that when you're chasing the game and you make mistakes, it allows the Canadians to build on a lead that they already have. So one turns into two, two turns into three, and then it's an even bigger hill to climb when you allow the Montreal Canadiens to open up the scoring in a game.
1: And that's what happened last night. Uh, the 2 nothing lead uh, gave the Montreal Canadiens a significant advantage, and the uh, three was insurmountable. Uh, they made it close, and you could make an argument that uh, that uh, Vegas probably should have tied the game. They had the opportunities between Pacioretty, uh between Stone, between Martinez, who all had golden opportunities uh, before uh, the third period rally even even took hold. So uh, there's there's positives. Uh, there's also the the fact that you you can't give Montreal. Uh, a multi goal advantage. Jeff Petrie returned to the lineup for Montreal. That made an immediate impact as he was involved uh, in the early offense by the Canadians. He's their best defenseman. Uh, and Chandler Stevenson was not in the lineup uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the update there is is pretty s- simple, pretty straightforward as the Golden Knights have landed in Montreal and held their media availability today.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'll give you the tweet. It's from Stephen Wino, who had the question on media availability. Wino says, asked Vegas coach Pete DeBoer if Chandler Stevenson traveled with the team to Montreal and if he was expected to play tomorrow. Pete DeBoer's answer, quote, Chandler is day to
1: day. So that tells me he's with the team, doesn't yeah. it? Like if you're going to read into that, that tells me yeah. that he's with the team. Um, day-to-day, I I don't know what that means in the playoffs. Uh, And and information is is guarded uh, so tightly. So I I don't, I'd be purely speculating. Uh, And to be perfectly honest, I don't have a clue. When you say (laughs) day-to-day in the playoffs, I don't have a clue. Because I didn't see anything happen to Chandler. There's nothing to base right. uh, any type of, well, it looked like he got banged up uh, in the shoulder or the elbow or, or something, or, or he was limping uh, because of a knee or a groin. There's nothing, I, I can't go off of anything because I didn't see anything uh, in, in game number one. I, I do know that, uh, that that top line, uh, the way they started last night with Nick Wah, was, was ineffective. And when they made the change to Keegan Colasar, it was a whole lot better.
0: Yeah, I thought Kolasar really had a strong game, not just in the second and third period with Pacioretty and Stone, but I thought he was going for the Golden Knights, making some plays early on in that game in the first period. And It's a good opportunity, I think, to build even more confidence in Keegan Kolasar's game. When you put him with Pacioretty and Stone, I think he did a really good job of just kind of getting pucks to the, to the right areas and getting the puck to Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. And, I mean, we've been saying it all year. With Keegan Colasar, the puck seems to follow him, not just in the offensive zone, but in the neutral zone, the defensive zone, and uh, I thought he did well with the opportunity that he had, and if Chandler Stevenson's unable to go, I'm not sure if if that's kind of where Pete DeBoer goes initially, but it, it would be after the second and third period from what I saw.
1: Yes, certainly, and uh, and Colasar uh, found some magic, some chemistry uh, with Pachetti and Stone. Um, it uh, the power play again uh, it did didn't didn't produce, but as a whole, like when you look at the first two games, are you are you happy? Are you confident? Are you where where are you uh, with with this series? So I know the
0: result didn't necessarily go the way the Golden Knights fans wanted it to in game number two, but when I think back in in that game – to the amount of chances that the Golden Knights did have. You had the the backdoor pass from Alex Petrangelo to Alec Martinez that could have very easily been a goal. You look at Max Pacioretty hitting the post. Again, a play that could have very easily been a goal. Carey Price throwing the puck up the gut. Jonathan Marchessault knocking it down, throwing a shot on net. Uh, the Golden Knights had some really good quality scoring chances. And the fact that they were able to generate that against Montreal, a team that is very, very good protecting a lead, gives me hope that the Golden Knights are going to be able to find enough chances to score enough goals to win games. So I'm confident still in this series. I still like the Vegas Golden Knights. I still think they're going to win. And I know that results are all that matters this this time of, of year. But in the second and third period, I liked the process from Vegas
1: in in the same way that I liked it in the the second and third period of game number one. Strange, when you look back and try to remember what you were feeling after the opening two games versus Minnesota, when they were split going on the road uh, up to St. Paul, and then take that to uh, coming home after the two losses against Colorado, where your assessment was of the series, this right now is the most confident that I felt even uh, in the series against Minnesota where I I thought that they even after the first two games and only uh, winning one of them or winning one of them uh, it it could go either way and I think there was a more dire situation because they lost the first game and uh, were down in the second game. Uh, This this was by far uh, the best I felt about Golden Knights in a series and I I don't know whether that has to do with how they've played in the six periods, Ryan, or whether mm-hmm. it has some reflection on the opponent in Montreal and me not fully respecting the Canadien as much as I should right now.
0: I, I feel like it might be the latter because yeah. I'm I'm kind of in a in a different headspace where I felt really good. About the Golden Knights after Game Two against Colorado, and like I know that's easy to say now with in hindsight, right? Because they win the series, they win four straight. But there was something about the way that Vegas played in the second and third period against Colorado in Game Two that that really kind of changed things for me as how I viewed that series uh, against Minnesota. I I thought that it it felt very very close, and and I I couldn't really put my finger on what I thought was going to happen in that series with with this one, Montreal and Vegas I'm encouraged by the way that the Golden Knights have played in four out of the six periods in this series and I think if they are able to get that type of consistency for an entire 60 minutes, I think they're the better team and more often than not I think the better team is going to win so I'm, I'm confident in this series but I also have to tip my cactus cap to the Montreal Canadiens. They are finding ways to to sort of muddy the track, and they're finding ways to feast on mistakes, and if the Golden Knights continue to do that, or continue to have bad starts, it's going
1: to be a very long and difficult road ahead. Uh, this might be a good thing, or it might be a bad thing, but Carey Price is not the reason why this series is 1-1. And And <laughs> at the outset, you would say, if if Montreal got a split, that would be the, the the primary focus. Would be Carey Price stepped up and was dominant. Uh, so you could you could look at it one way like that's great news that they're not letting the goaltender dictate everything. Or uh, is is Carey Price and he was he was spectacular in game number one. Uh, Vegas just uh, scored some some wonderful uh, and capitalized on wonderful opportunities, uh, but you could also say uh, is, is is Carey Price's best still to come. What do you think? I
0: think his best is still to to come, and yeah. and I think that's a scary proposition for really any team. But I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is the Golden Knights had plenty of opportunities in in the game yesterday. And while Carey Price was good, I, I don't think that there were too many opportunities where they made Carey Price um, it have to make very very difficult saves. The, the Martinez play backdoor, that that one kind of sticks out to me. But outside of that, um, you know, I thought the Golden Knights had a couple of really good looks on two on ones, and they would either you know miss the net or have the shot blocked. You got to force Carey Price into making saves, and I think the Golden Knights could do better. But I also think that there's another level of Kerry Price, and that's scary.
1: I think there's another level for the Vegas Golden Knights, so we'll see where that goes. We'll explore the Montreal Canadian side of it. Uh, catch up with our good friend PJ Stuck, a former National Hockey Leagueer analyst uh, in Canada and uh, works on the Montreal Canadian side of things, and he's following this extremely closely. In fact, he uh, put out on Instagram a picture of him uh, first-ever time he was on skates today with a Montreal Canadian sweater on. He looked a little wobbly, though. Uh, we'll uh, we'll bug him about that as we continue. <laughs> PJ Stock on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, ninety-eight point nine FM and thirteen forty AM. Seriously, we have a Boba Doug McKenzie commercial going on the radio station? Sounds like it. Yeah. That's outstanding.
2: Was that Strange Brew? Was that the movie? Oh yeah, yeah. It was a great movie. How do you know that? because'm I'm, I'm well-rounded I know my Canadian history and stuff
1: That's the most Canadian thing you've ever said
2: well you know with
1: strange brew and pulling that out I, I enjoy Canada I, I, I like the movie it was a good movie ah, there's a there's a, a theme to it uh, I wonder if our, our guest uh, knows the theme to it uh, the, the the song uh, Darren Millard Ryan Wallace are bringing in PJ stock uh, former National Hockey Leaguer and uh, and best friend of the show Why do you make me beg to get you on? Like, you, you make me run through hoops, and then you come on, and you're fabulous, but you make me do all these different things to get you to come on.
2: I just, it's not that easy. <laughs> I mean, I got to make you work a little bit. Hi, buddy. <laughs> know, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, uh, I'm tired from last night. These 9 o'clock starts are hard on us over in the East Coast here. Oh, boy. Watch like- it. Yeah, what a nice. You're usually hammered
1: by nine o'clock. Never mind starting at nine (laughs)
2: o'clock. Yeah, well that's my thing, right? I had to. I had to take a coffee, to take a nap, to recover, to get on my second part time of drinking, just because the game was getting going. Uh, So it was a double shift last night.
1: Follow uh, PJ on Instagram because you do these Instagram lives, and you've always got what? What? It's either a big tumbler of wine, or you. Sometimes you go. You go with the diesel. What's in the uh, in the diesel? Whatever
2: I can get in there. <laughs> The problem is it's yeah, I got four kids. I've been in lockdown here in Montreal for a year and a half. You guys I mean, you guys are life's grand down there. We're we've been it's been a little we had eight o'clock curfews for a long time. We, it's it's been a long while. So I had a couple of buddies that I hung out with um over uh, the last year and a half, uh, you know, uh who that just, you know, Jim Bean and uh, who else? There's Johnny, did, Johnny did, did Walker. Johnny Walker
0: stop by, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, Johnny Walker. Yeah. Yeah, no. What about it's, the captain? Uh, yeah,
1: the captain's usually in your hood.
2: Oh, the captain, yeah. The captain comes by. The captain comes by. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's been... And uh, I'm still, like, last night was just... It's it's interesting because, like, I'm in Montreal and uh, I'm actually about to do TV tonight for the on the Canadian's the RDS, which is French version of TSM, and after game one, uh, you know, I was expecting this to be, yeah, the way I prepared it, and the way I've been watching the, all the teams play, that this was going to be, you know, Vegas can play so many different ways, and I thought it was going to be kind of a boxing match feel, you know, like a first round, first couple rounds, like a heavyweight fight. But at the end, it was pretty much like a, a Walter weight going up against super heavyweight. Vegas just was going to dominate them, and that kind of happened in game one. And I thought, I think everyone thought uh, that that was going to be the same in game two. Mm-hmm. And it just last night, it was, it was. I think I had to have the Johnny Walker, the Jim Beam, and the Budweisers in the after because I was in shock. <laughs> I think a lot of people really were. Um, so, but I'm better. I'm back. Let's go.
1: Uh, I, you know what? Anytime Jim, Johnny, and and uh, the captain come over, captain. it's <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good <laughs> night. Uh, do, do you think Montreal played better last night in the, in the first period?
2: Y- yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, I. First of all, first, first period of the first game, I thought Montreal was spectacular. Marc-Andre Fleury was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then they just, like I said, I think that was Montreal's best attempt. And then, like I said, Vegas could kind of play any different way. They kind of got them into their game and kind of just slowed it down to, to the way they wanted to play hockey. Uh, I, I think what you saw in in last night's game was you know, Montreal getting the goal early, and, and they get to then dictate to, to play the way they want. They're not built to, like I said Vegas can do a lot of different things. Montreal can't run and gun. Montreal has to get a lead and kind of shut it down. They don't have forwards that can run and, again. They're a, they're a great defense core which is very defensive. They can counter uh, they don't punch. Have,
1: they can counter punch.
2: Not like Vegas can. No, no, but
1: they can you can the, the the pressure by Vegas put on and then they go down and Paul Byron puts one in. That kind of
2: thing. Well, i say but yes, but they're it's opportunistic goals. Yeah. It's not like it, it's coming. It's just that's a Byron breakaway. Missed pass goes down and, and scores like, you know, the title to fully one-timer was, you know, Mark kind of loses his, his position. The wave's kind of on his right position. He, he just, you just can't stop your body. You know, he's stopping that, you know, 1,000 times in a row, and that was just one of those fluke things. And, and the one thing I'm getting at, you go to game one and the dominance, and it's so funny because the Canadians have played three series like this. Series one. They lose Tavares, Toronto Maple Leafs does. Series two, Scheifele's out, game one. Series three, Stevenson's out. I don't compare him to the other two talented, but he's still an unbelievable key player and the number one center on that team. The Canadians found a way to be opportunistic, have their goalie play great, and take out the number one center on the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's their key to success worked against Toronto and worked uh, against Winnipeg, and it worked for one game so far in this series.
1: Ryan, listen to PJ talk. Like, Montreal systematically taking out the stars of the other team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's crazy, yeah, that's, though. That's clear. Like, it's, it is it is amazing. Like, they, the, the Tavares thing, obviously, crazy folk. Uh, the Shifley thing is another thing. If you've watched him play throughout his career, you know, he might throw 20 hits a year. Yeah. And, and here he does yeah. something that is totally on character, and, you know, it. he gets the gate. And then... Stevenson, obviously, but still, he can't go in Game Two for whatever the reason is, and it's just, you know, I'm excited because I, like I said, I thought after Game One and the way I did all the comparables before that this could be, uh, uh, and the comparables to the divisions, you know, the way Montreal had to go through, you know, Edmonton and not a lot of defense up here in the North Division versus, you know, Vegas playing Colorado and everyone thought that was the Stanley Cup final, and Montreal's able to go in and steal a game and. And now it comes back to Montreal. So it's I'm really excited for Game 3.
1: PJ Stock with us on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, PJ,
0: when you look at the first two games in this series, the Golden Knights did not start well in Game 1. They did not start well in Game 2. Is that just a product of, of the Golden Knights just not being as crisp with the puck? Um, or is it Montreal kind of forcing them into the mistakes and then taking advantage of it?
2: I, I think it's a combo of a lot of things. I think it's, it's hard to come down off of the high of playing Colorado, that's what I gave the first little bit to. That was an amazing series. That was so much fun to watch. But down two and then come back and win four. And you know, a lot of people were predicting Colorado could have been the team to win the entire thing. And and then they're playing the Montreal Canadiens. And just the media and built up the way everyone's talked about it. How the division of the North hasn't been strong. So I think there's a little bit of uh, and I'm 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 an outsider here. I'm not saying this is the case. There could be a little bit of a of a of a, a hangover. Also, we're gonna. This is gonna be easier. You know, this is gonna be easier said than done, uh, or easier, easier gonna be done. I think it's just kind of
1: mm-hmm. we just
2: took on Colorado. This is the Canadians. I mean, you go through the lineups and you do all the comparables. You know, the advantage to Vegas in almost every position. The only one was Carey Price in the North Division because that was the advantage in most of the uh, the series. But Mark Andre Fleury has been brilliant. So eliminate that. So Vegas probably a little swagger. Montreal threw everything at them the first ten minutes, and then Vegas comes back. And I think last night added to like everything that I said prior to the series. Montreal throws everything at them in the first ten minutes. Vegas still walks away with what a four-one win. So I think last night they go in, and it's way easier to put your take your foot off the gas than it is mid-game to put it on the gas. So Vegas did it in the third, um, but I, th- I think they thought it might have been a little bit easier throughout the night, uh, and Montreal just got that lead, played great defensively, and Carey Price made the saves when he had to, and I think Vegas just ran out of time. So do people believe Montreal can win this thing now? No, but at the same time, the recipe they've used against the other teams, I can't argue it. Like, I can't. Yeah. Carey Price, I've been, I've been hard on Carey Price for the last few years, and it's not Carey Price that really, I'm hard at. I'm hard at the people that always say that Carey Price is the best goalie in the league, when statistically he hasn't been in the top... Here for the last three years, and and I know that's what we do. We just use comparables. Um, so he hasn't been. So I want to give other guys credit. Paslewski's been been brilliant. Fleury had an amazing year this year. You know, um, in, in in Winnipeg, um, I forget his Hel- name right now, but he's been brilliant. Like everyone, everyone deserves some love, but everyone just automatically says Carey Price. And I've been, you know, eh, he's been okay. Like I, I'm not giving him the love, but he's been brilliant. So he is playing. As good as any goalie has played for the Canadiens in the last 20 years, the guys have a little bit of swagger. They know that they're playing with uh, a little bit of the bank's money. But one of the things that is really important to recognize is every guy that Mark went and picked up this year, whether it's Allen, Edinson, Tafoli, um, Stahl, Perry, they're all Stanley Cup winners. They're all Stanley Cup winners. So these moments where you're playing against a team that's probably better than you are, has these other strengths or whatever quote or cliche you want me to throw in here. These guys have been through it and they have the, the right punch counterattack thing to say, how to react. And you see the team, the line that's been leading them in this series has been Armia, Stahl, and, and Perry. Right. So it's kudos to a, a team that's found a way. Your goalie's been great. Sound Cup experience and take out the other team's top center.
1: <laughs> Ryan, last one to you. <laughs>
2: I, I just like
0: how important has Dom Ducharme been in, in just the Canadians getting to this point in the players buying into what the game plan is and then going out and executing?
2: I think he's uh, – got to give a little bit of credit to Bergevin as well because I know he had some say he went into the lineup and he didn't. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm giving the organization credit. The way they handled – it was a big thing to take. Remember, the start of the series, Yemi, a the at the young stud, did not start – they had Cofield, their young superstar, coming up, did not start. Uh, they also had uh, Romanoff sitting out as well. And everyone's in town, was like, this is the future, this is the future, what are you doing? And, you know, he sat them out. And they watched. And, yeah, injuries or whatever, but they came in. And then the way he utilized them and positioned them to be successful, and then at times saying, we got nothing to lose, let's go with the fresh legs. To, to, he's coached the game brilliantly. Even though the best line for, I think, consistently has been the Perry stahl line, they're not getting 20 minutes a night because he knows you won't get that consistency if they play that much. So even though they're doing so great, just here, dabble, dabble, go create, go get some energy, go do this, and if that's not working, let's throw the kid line out there. So the organization, I think the way, the way they've handled the bench um, has been spectacular. So again, uh, to last night, uh, to getting through Toronto, and getting through Winnipeg, uh, they all deserve uh, a lot of credit.
1: It's worth jumping through all the hoops that you make me uh, run through to get you on because you are brilliant and you are. Well, fun. I've been
2: trying all year. I've been trying all year to get on. That's the problem. I, they don't know the real story. <laughs> Everyone in Vegas doesn't know the story. I've been trying to get on. You're like you got, who has to pay to come on radio? He makes me pay to come on. That's he's like listen. If you send uh, some filet mignons to my house. I'll get you on tonight.
1: Okay, uh, do, is is Jim still a vegan, or is uh, is 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 Johnny the vegan? I can't remember. I know the captain's not vegan.
2: The captain's not a vegan. <laughs> the there's captain. no way. I have to have one now after talking to you. <laughs> Bye, Just Ryan. <laughs> 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 Bye PJ. Bye, PJ. <laughs> There's PJ
1: stock. One of the best, one of the best of all time, right there. And uh covers the Montreal Canadians for RDS French language television and uh is with us here. <laughs> wouldn't you like to have a dinner with PJ, Jim, Johnny, and the captain?
0: Uh yes, number one. And hey Darren, you should get him on the show more. He's great.
1: He's already texting me. <laughs> <What a laughs> dork, uh, that's uh, PJ Stock uh, having some fun with us. I wanted to get him to do the uh, the Bob and Doug McKenzie Strange Brew theme, uh, but we just ran out of time. Uh, we'll give you some uh, some ideas on what uh, Pete DeBoer had to say when the team landed in Montreal ahead of Game Three tomorrow night. As we continue with the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.